Well, shalom everyone. This is Dr. Dina Dye, and this is Returning to Eden. And my co-host Jeff Morton's with me. Say hi, Jeff. Hello, everybody. We want to welcome you all. Um, before we get into the nuts and bolts of our program, I want to do a little bit of, well, I, I won't call it house cleaning, but just a couple of things yeah. here. Uh, first, I just want to mention um, we all need to just be praying for Parkland, Florida. Uh, if, oh, in case you yeah, hadn't seen the news. That. Uh, yeah, 17 young people and maybe some teachers were murdered today. Huh. And, uh, oh, I didn't hear this. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's bad. So needless to say, there's some families, you know, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, and grandparents that are just, that are in mourning, devastated, heartbroken. Who could even imagine? So we just mm. don't want you to forget. Just keep that those families in prayer and, and the whole community. From what I understood, it was a community to the west of Fort Lauderdale and it was a pretty closely knit community not real big and a, and a very low crime area so um, just uh, the stories coming out are just heartbreaking so that's mm. one thing and of course we want to just extend our condolences to mm. Jeff on the loss of his brother Brian we are so grateful that he did get to spend a little time mm. with him and, um, you know, there's a lot. Jeff's got to fly back for the funeral and all the family, and there's a lot of expenses there. So if any of you have a little extra and you want to help support him in that endeavor, I just, um, you know, just email him. You can do a PayPal email thing if you need to. But uh, we, we, we certainly are, you know, sorry at the, at the loss. But we, but we do know, I mean, he shared some things with you, which you'll probably share tonight especially in our topic about the kingdom, because I think what your brother shared with you about serving <laughs> is pretty much the encapsulates everything that the kingdom is. So, um, Jeff, if you want, you had a few thoughts just to kind of take us into tonight's show. Yeah, I was, um, I mean, even during the, um, during our, our little warm-up before we went live, I had forgotten about the news story coming out of Florida, and I hadn't heard anything until just now when you mentioned that. So now my brain is a little short-circuited here because I, I immediately feel for people who have lost life this way. And to find out there's 17 kids? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So I, you know, I echo Dina's sentiment because, it, you know, the world is flipped, folks. It, yeah. It's flipped. And... Uh, yeah, no, um, wow, I just, my, I can't believe that many people have been killed today at a school. So anyway, uh, yeah, my brother Brian died yesterday morning. Uh, <clears throat> he had mentioned to, uh, from what I'm hearing, he had mentioned the night before that he was uh, feeling really, really weak and exhausted, and he had no strength. And he started giving away uh, certain things that he had in his, uh, my brother was incarcerated, um, <clears throat> for a number of years, almost 30 years at this point. Uh, I went to see him. Many of you know that I went to see him uh, just before Thanksgiving of last year. <clears throat> and I asked him, <clears throat> excuse me, if he could do life over again, because he gave his life to the Lord about 10 years ago. Uh, and I started sharing with him Torah and the Hebraic understanding of the Bible a few years prior, uh, a few years ago as well. And uh, he said to me when I saw him, I, uh, I've been waiting for you for two years to finish teaching me about this Torah stuff. That stuff you sent to me blew my mind. <laughs> so 
So we had a lot of conversation about that, and he he said to me, um, if I could do life over again, I would serve people rather than take from people. And I knew in that moment that my brother got it. He understood. He, I really understood that, you know, you, you sometimes you have to filter through people who have been incarcerated for a long time because they have yeah. a mentality, they have a prison mind, mindset. But I knew that my younger brother, and I have two younger brothers, Brian being older than the youngest, uh, I knew that he got it. And I knew that he understood what I was sharing with him. And I shared with him about death being a consequence of sin, not the opposite of life. And I said, so you're an eternal being. And, uh, you you know, if, if, if this is the way it's all going to turn out, you're simply going to be removed from time. And you're going to be put in a place of rest. And rest meaning uh, that order has come to your life. And you will see the whole, I don't know what it looks like because I haven't been there yet. But I do know this. My brother has an eternal life. We all do. We just have to overcome the curse that was placed upon us, in my opinion, for not protecting life, which is why we're all here in the first place. And so, yeah. Dina, that that ran. And, oh, as far as, you know, folks, all right, let me just go real here. I just dumped a whole bunch of money into a startup company. So we don't have a lot. And I know you guys hear this stuff all day long from me sometimes. I'm out either looking for money for somebody or I'm needing some help. Well, it's just the way it is. And I'll be glad one day when the kingdom supports itself as opposed to all the crazy stuff we have to try to do in order to get people to, to support us. So anyway, I'm off to New York and I uh, got there with my brother. And we're going to talk about, uh, well, Dina, tonight we're going to talk about how do we take this stuff and make it real. Yeah. And I just, just bouncing off of what you just, you know, your brother talked about being a servant. If he had it to do all over again, he would serve yes. instead of take. And I'm just going to make this statement. Hopefully people don't take it wrong. But religion takes. The kingdom yes. serves. And I could, you know, and so our goal here, we're, we're trying to remove the, the whole, what, what we do, who we are, how we walk out of the religious realm and put it back into its proper context, the citizen kingdom realm. And yes. however we can do that, that is our goal here. And uh, we're gonna, you know, we'll talk about some things tonight related to, you know, what does that mean? How does that look? How do we share kingdom principles versus religious principles? You know, we've come to a place now in America in particular we are clearly no longer a Judeo-Christian nation. That was once the bulwark of our nation and is no longer. And we live in a secular humanist country. And that's true for many countries throughout the world. And so when you live in, in a different culture and country than what you were used to, the same things don't apply. And so you can't, you know, you there was a time in, in America where you could use terms like salvation and sin and justification and righteousness and all these sort of code religious terms, but you can't use them anymore. No one knows what on earth you're talking about. And so the goal of, again, this may be two shows or whatever, is the goal is how do we bring this back to the kingdom so that we can share and people understand what we're talking about. So you had some thoughts, just, just some sort of principles about uh, what is a kingdom? What does it mean to be a citizen of the kingdom? And how we compared that to um, 
you know, the U.S. and ha the structure of countries with, um, you know, their, their capital buildings, et cetera. Go ahead. Well, the, the, the thing that we have to kind of really kind of grab a hold of is we, this country has a 230-year a, a history of a doctrinal, theological, religious, church, pews, uh, hymns, pastor, sermon, mindset. And, and I'm not going to sit here and throw all of that under the bus, but if you will allow me to throw part of it under the bus, I'm going to do that. And here's why. The Bible's talking about a kingdom. So I would juxtapose that whole concept, and instead of using the term kingdom, I'm going to use country. Because that's what we can relate to. And I, I remember having this conversation with Daniel McGurr, a good friend of mine, and I said, <clears throat> the United States is literally 50 little tiny countries that are ruled by one king. And that king sits in a White House in Washington, D.C., and next to the White House is the Capitol building. So if we take this all the way back to ancient Israel, David had a palace, Solomon had a palace, and they were pretty close to the temple. So in their world and in our world, we're talking about a governmental system. And today, Dina, I, I went and looked. You know, you sent me the little note about being number one on Israel TV network across the globe, and there are now in every country. Folks, if you don't know what Israel TV network is, it started about a year ago. Dina Dye's got a show on there. Ryan White's got a show on there. They offered me a show. I wasn't in a position to accept. But Dina's show and what she's trying to get across to the masses is number one on that program, and she found out that they were in every country, and she's number one in their programming. <clears throat> we don't know exactly what that means as far as numbers and whatnot, but they're pretty excited because the message that we're talking about tonight yeah. is what Dina Dye has been talking about for almost for a long time, 38 years to get to this place. And I'll tell you again, with the audience here, 10 years ago I got a download, and that whole religious paradigm was removed from my psyche. It's just that simple. I don't know how to say it any other way. And for 10 years, I've been trying to figure out, well, what am I supposed to replace that with, Lord? And the one thing that keeps coming up over and over and over and over again is I set you upon a kingdom. You are in a kingdom. Now, how do you act? You are a citizen of my kingdom. Here's the book. This book teaches you how to act in my kingdom, and this is the way it is. And I'm going, oh, my God, this is like I, I've accepted the blood that renewed the covenant, now I have an obligation to represent the kingdom of our Elohim. It's, it's to me, it's that simple, Dina. Amen. No, it is. So one of the, the biggest, uh, there, it's sort, this is sort of a twofold thing. So how are we dealing with a secular humanist world, for one? And then how do we just deal with the day-to-day? Um, I would maintain, you know, the, the education system was basically... Um, taken over, usurped. Uh, back in the 20s and 30s, John Dewey in particular was part of that. I mean, it really did begin before that, but he, he was sort of the pinnacle. And the goal, really going back to the 1700s, was to um, 
to view the masses as in terms of behavioral control. Remember, we had Skinner and, and those guys, but psychology, which came on the scene, I guess, around the middle 1800s, a guy named Wilhelm Vent was responsible for this. But the, the, the classroom became a, uh, a lab, if you will, to how to control behavior. And so that's really what we end up with in the classroom. It's not about educating. Um, it's not developing logic and reason and uh, critical thinking skills. It's about controlling behavior. And that's our education system. And they've done a pretty fine job of it, haven't they? Because where do we find ourselves now? We operate under emotion. Somebody says something and you react. Whatever your emotional response is, that's how you react. So in order to have any kind of success in the realm we're operating, we, we simply have to be able to exercise logic and reason and common sense. And that requires developing and honing those, those thinking skills. But this is absolutely essential. You cannot take these, the kingdom message into the marketplace if you, using emotion. <laughs> you see what that, that's like Pentecostalism or whatever you want to call it. it. It's a limited engagement. Now, I'm not saying just because someone listens to your logic and your reason and your argument that they're going to respond in the way, proper way, because they will respond with emotion. But we have an obligation uh, to bring the message of the kingdom in through logic and reason. Now, uh, this is this isn't the whole story, but this is just one aspect of it. Jeff, you want to comment on that? Well, we have to keep something in mind. <clears throat> I've got in my hand. I spent about an hour and a half this afternoon going through the scriptures. And I grabbed every single scripture that I could find talking about the kingdom. It wasn't talking about the kingdom that's going to happen. Almost, I would say three-quarters of these scriptures are talking about the kingdom that is happening. So if the kingdom of God is happening, then education is not a man-made thing. Governmental institutions are not a man-made thing. Police systems, military systems, courtroom system, these are not man-made things. They're predominant in every country on the earth. And if we look at every country as a facsimile of the kingdom of God, then all of these countries take their cue from what he has established. We need to get back to what he established, be restored to the mindset that was all about critical thinking, that was all about protecting life, that was all about being sanctified before the creator, the king, or the president, if you will, in order to carry out the responsibilities and obligations that we agreed to in order to be a citizen of that kingdom. So we kind of have to look at ground level. The education system has been perverted. The military system has been perverted. All of these things that God constructed in his kingdom have been perverted. And what Dean and I are trying to say is encourage us to go back to the garden, Go back to the temple. Go back to the original governmental system that God placed Adam in charge of and said, here, go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. Don't go forth and be all screwed up and emotionally bankrupt. That's what we have to get back to. And, Dina, you know, I, I watched your program, The Gospel of John. I watched, I got the chapter of the second one today. Yeah. And uh, I was stuck there because everything that you and I have been talking about that's what the Father showed me 10 years ago. It's why you and I are symbiotic in, in many ways, because what you're talking about is what was downloaded into my head. And I've walked 
with Pastor Mark and Rico Cortez and Brad Scott and Bill Cloud and all these people towards this thing that's always talking about the kingdom. And so the Father is saying to us, and particularly to us, get out of religion which divides you from being a citizen under my authority. That's why we're all bankrupt and won't talk to each other and have all these different theologies and, oh, my God, I don't believe that lunacy over there and I don't believe that lunacy over there. We're exactly what, listen carefully, we're exactly what Dina said. We've been socially engineered to not like one another because of our beliefs. That's all emotion, yeah. all of it. Yeah. Well, and the kingdom is... It's a legal realm. It's, it's a judicial. It operates under a judicial system. We don't look at the we look at the kingdom again as emotion and feeling and you know led by the spirit. And I'm not you know I'm not being condescending here, but it is legal just, and judicial. And this is how it operates. And so if you're you know let's just say um, you know, if you're working in the government of the United States and you are a judge, <laughs> uh, you you better, you know, you've got to listen to arguments. And if you're a lawyer coming before that judge, you better make your case. And it better be good. You better be like Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Because that if you're not, you're going to lose. And so it's not really any different going out into the marketplace, you know, with two kingdoms in con conflict, in contrast. You better know that you know that you know. You better know the kingdom principles. You better know what the scripture says. You better know how to, how to share the scripture without using code words because nobody's going to know what you're talking about. You better know how to, to make an argument. And you, all, all these things matter. And unfortunately... Yes. We're just illiterate and incapable of making a good argument out there. I'm not saying everyone is going to listen to your argument. Some will poo-poo it and just overreact, but you have to learn how to do that. And so, the, again, if you, you know, developing thinking skills, developing your ability to argue and reason. I mean, we were saying, I think Tyler posted it, I wouldn't stand two feet from Ben Shapiro if I didn't have my argument down. That right. guy would just destroy me. Right. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. So that's the kind of thing that I want our I want people in the kingdom to understand and to develop their skills. And so you're not going to be afraid when you stand before whomever you have. You know, you've been given the words because you've been studying. Well, if you if you if you are if you are redeemed by the blood, okay. If you go out tomorrow afternoon and you run some little kid over, you're not going to go stand before your pastor because you're redeemed by the blood. We're going to go stand before a judge, and the prosecutor is going to prosecute us to the fullest extent of the law, and particularly if we had a joint in our hand or a beer in our lap, we're, we're in trouble. But believe me, your pastor's not going to have anything to do with that. Your priest's not going to have anything to do with that. Your rabbi's not going to have anything to do with that. You're going to stand before a judge. And what we really need to understand is that is the way the kingdom of God is designed. Because well, that's, Go ahead. Well, you just, you just even right there said, if you go out and say to someone, you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, they're going to look, like, look at you like you just came in from Mars. 
Right. So, you know, now you got to look at what does it mean to be redeemed? It, you know, it means to be, in, uh, you know, one who has been a slave. How does a slave get free? So, so you, if you're talking to an addict, they know all about being a slave. How does a slave get free? you got to meet people where they're at, and you've got to use language that's going to minister to them. And, and we, we've got to get out of all the sort of theological doctrinal language because it isn't going to work. Nobody knows what you're talking about. But everybody understands what it means to be a slave, right. to a tyrant. That's what I was getting ready to say, because if you are a slave to Black Lives Matter, you're no good to the kingdom. If you're a slave to drugs and alcohol, you're no good to the kingdom. If you're a slave to pornography and, and all kinds of garbage, you're no good to the kingdom. But you are socially, listen carefully, you are socially accepted in Babylon, in that world, in that darkness, in that kingdom. And that's the argument we're having today is those people and their voice and their understanding of how things work is louder than the representatives of the kingdom of Elohim. That's the problem with us being citizens of the kingdom. Those people are running over us. I mean... The Hebrew roots mess, I call it the messianic world. It's We're not yelling at people. We're simply saying the whole Bible is a book of jurisprudence, the study of law. So in order to be a kingdom, a citizen of the kingdom of Elohim, you better study the law. You better Amen. know how to approach the king. You better know the protocol to stand before him. And you better keep his statutes, commandments, and laws because they protect life. That's why they're there. Amen. Hey, and you know, we're studying under the best Jewish lawyer there ever was. Amen. <laughs> oh, who needs Ben Shapiro when you got Yeshua the Messiah? I yeah, like so, I mean, just go for it and be, be a great attorney. Be a great lawyer, a great solicitor. And so you've got to know, again, you can't go before a judge if you don't know where the particular statute is relating to whatever the crime was, et cetera, et cetera. Know your Bible in that way. And yes. then learn to be able to verbalize it without using doctrinal theological language. Learn to go out into the marketplace with some, you know, some street cred here. <laughs> some, right. The language of the street. You've got to be able to use it back on the folks. But, but you can't do it from a religious paradigm because, you know, if you're sitting in there and the argument is this. Well, what about what Paul says in, no, 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 no. What about what God says about how you are to adhere to the law, right. to the Torah, to the statute, to the commandment? What about what King David got on his hands and knees and cried out, repented because he had broken the commands of the kingdom? And look at what the cost was to him. I have here, folks, I went, I found 60-plus verses in Scripture, and I'm just going to read a couple of them. It says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever, a scepter of uprightness in the scepter of your kingdom. This isn't past tense or not happened yet. This is what they're talking about, and that's Psalms 45, 6. Psalm 103, 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty rules all over the earth. We make a fatal mistake to think that the king of glory is not watching over his kingdom, because he is. And what we're supposed to be is we're supposed to be the priests. And, Dina, 
you brought that up in the last chapter of your new book. You you kind of tied that together. You can you talk just a little bit about why you did that? Well, you know, I wrote a book that's got some scholarship in it, and of course the fictional stories. But I was trying to figure out how to tie the whole thing together. I think I mentioned last time the the five. Um, chapters were called Eden, the Garden, the Field, Keep Kings and Priests. So the last chapter was priests. But I, you know, I'm coming to the conclusion. I'm thinking, okay, this is all well and good. Now what? You know, what is it going to mean for folks today? And by and large, the 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 most important message I could communicate about being a priest has its foundation in relationships. That's what's so different about this kingdom from every other kingdom. It is a relational kingdom between God and his priests. His priests inter, uh, mediate on behalf of people, and then his priests go out in the field and build relationships in order to bring those folks to God himself. So we, you know, this is that, we've, and we've talked about, you know, being able to make a good argument, but bottom line of the kingdom is it is relational. And so with, without that, you've got nothing. And so you're operating as a priest in your sphere of influence, the place that God has placed you to operate. And always relationships have to be at the back of your mind when you're going out into the field to minister. So that's kind of uh, really the essence of the last chapter. Now I do go into you know, maybe some hands-on things, not a whole lot about what we can do um, as priests in the field. Um, I think, do we have... We've got a few minutes left. Uh, you know, we just ran out of time here. But let me just, so obviously the kingdom, the garden is all about planting seeds, producing fruit, providing food, nourishment, so you can live. I mean, that's just the bottom line. So I'm just going to kind of end it here with a story about seed planting and uh, hopefully putting this in perspective. So about, oh, we're, we're looking at in the 80s. I'm living in Taos, New Mexico. I am the CEO of a record store when they actually had records, right? And I worked with a guy um, in, in, the, in the office area, and, you know, everyone in the store was a drug addict. <laughs> Not me, but everyone else was. But I got to know his wife. And, you know, over time, I, I would just share stuff. And, of course, I shared it from a Hebraic perspective back in the 80s, you know, not overtly. And I got very frustrated. And try to imagine I'm just, uh, you know, I'm in, a, in this office day in and day out with all these drug addicts, and I'm trying to run this business. And I'm just trying to be a beacon of light. You know, I'm just going to fast forward now from about, we're talking about 82 in there. To the year 2005. So how many years is that? Is that like 23 years? Something like that. Something like that. Most Anyways, uh, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but I'm sitting. We were in the process of building a house. We were living in a condo at the time, and it was a real low point in my life. To the to the point, I ended up with panic attacks, and one time in into the emergency room, thinking I was having a heart attack, but it was a panic attack. Anyways. Out of the blue, I got a phone call from this wife of the guy I worked with. 23 years. Don't even know how she found my phone number. She said, I just called to thank you for all the things you shared with me and for all the seeds that you planted. It changed my life, and today I'm walking with the Lord. Mm. Now, at my lowest of the lowest of the low, 
this message of seed planting came forth. So mm. folks, you don't ever know about your seeds <laughs> no. and how they've taken root. And I, she would have been the last person I would have ever expected to give me a call and uh, thank me for sharing with her and for you know taking the time and being a friend, relational. Well, I mean, that's the Father wants the relationship with his creation. I mean, he protects life. Life is, here's the thing, folks, in the last couple minutes we have, babies are still being born. People are still getting married. The kingdom is still operating. And I, I, like, I see it as something one day the Father's going to bring a broom and a dustpan, and he's going to take out the trash and clean up his house. And, and, and you have to decide if you're going to help him be a representative of a clean house or if you're going to be filthy and dirty and a messy little despot in causing all the problems. In other words, do you get up every day in the United States of America, head out the door and break every law of this country? If you did do that, you would be incarcerated. And that's unfortunately what my brother did in the latter part of his life. And he paid a heavy price for that. But he repented, and he's, I feel good about that. But the question then becomes, do you root for the United States, and will you root for the kingdom of Elohim in the same way? Do you root for the legal standing, the borders, the sanctuary, the sanctity of our nation? And are you willing to do that for the kingdom of God as a citizen of that kingdom? Do you raise a banner for the United States of America, and are you willing to raise a banner for the kingdom of Elohim? Are you willing to cast your vote for the president of all presidents in the same way you would cast your vote for the president of the United States of America? Because this is his system. That president exists because of what he imagined, and we are citizens underneath that system. It's all a microcosm of the King of King, Lord of Lords, and the kingdom that is being renewed in this place. I don't have Amen. anything else, Dana. No, I couldn't say it better myself. I think that's a great note to end on. Go to IsraelTVNetwork.com, click on Foundations and Torah, and I challenge you to watch the entire series the Gospel in John, what is it? No, what is the Kingdom in John's yes. Gospel. Okay, I can't remember. We're old. It's okay. You don't Last thing, you guys. Was, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm, I'm actually not going to be here next week. I will be in New York. Uh, those arrangements have been made. I said, Lord, you're going to have to put this together, and that all happened today. Cool. Uh, so just pray for us and pray for our, our The whole family doesn't have any money, and this is the first death, folks, for us. In our, uh, in our family. This is the yeah. very first one. And uh, unfortunately, my mother is having to bury her son. And so, yeah. you know, it's, just, it's the way it is. But anyway, blessings to all of you, and we will see you next week, Dina. Or I yep. won't see you. You're on your own next I'll week. Be, okay? I'll be here talking to myself. Uh, <laughs> God bless all right. you. All right. Shalom.